0: So tonight we're going to be discussing worship, and we're going to be talking about worship as a spiritual discipline and worship as a cor- corporate discipline, um, and so we are going to kind of talk about, like, what worship is and what worship isn't, and I really want it to be um, a lot of discussion, and so I'm, I'm inviting discussion. We'll look at scripture, and obviously there'll be some, like, teaching points, but I think... Um, This is like one that's really helpful just to like to talk and dialogue a little bit. So I'm going to start with a question and I'm going to let you guys answer. And then like staff, I'm going to like ask you to let students answer first. What is worship or what does it mean to worship? What do you think? Like
1: saying like I'm going to do it for him and just thinking about him and what I do and that it's going to glorify him, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, so doing things unto God to glorify Him. What else? What is worship?
1: It's like worship is our way to, like, give God what He deserves. It's our expression through our words, through our actions, and what we do on a daily basis as a way to, like, give Him what, to give Him back all that He's done for us.
2: I think, um, yeah, mine's kind of similar to, like, Andy's. Um, definitely just doing um, doing things unto God and giving into his presence i think
1: yeah it's kind of like like what like they were saying like it's like a sum up type of thing. It's like to a way to honor who he is and stuff it means to ascribe worth to something someone and so when we think about ascribing worth to god that can look a lot of different ways but just uh come to the place where we realize that, that god is worthy because of who he is and what he's done and and then just acting on that um uh, pouring out, you know, demonstrating our love for him and, and how much he means to us and how much he's worth.
0: Yeah, that's, that's good. And so I think it's just that. So to worship is to, to give something worth, to give it honor, to give it glory in our lives. And then we talk about worshiping God we're, or worshiping Jesus. We're, we're giving God glory. We're giving God honor in our lives. And um, so to worship is to do anything that will, will honor him or bless him. And um. so maybe a, a better a better question or a better way to frame this question is, what kind of worship do you think God wants from us?
2: What comes to mind for me right away is the idea that worship is going to cost us something.
0: Like if we're
2: real worship isn't just like lip service, or something that we don't put effort into. Um, yeah, so I feel like if it's... God is, like, looking for, for genuine worship, and so, like, sometimes that requires effort. It requires a cost. And it's not just lip service or just saying something. There's
0: more to it than that. It's good. It's good. Any other thoughts? What kind of worship does God want from us? I think... Just, like, anything that would bore
1: him, like, no matter what that looks like. So, kind of like I was before, like, musical worship, like, we do that, like, in musical worship. You know, like, me showing love to somebody, like, if I was pleasing to him and it's for. In him, and it's going
0: to grow the kingdom
1: in the end, you know. So, like, just
0: anything that I would glorify him, in life. yeah, so things that'll like glorify God yeah. and reaffirm who he is, yeah.
1: Yeah, I was just thinking, like, um, as far as worship, I guess, kind of like the intimate worship with like just you and him, and then maybe like as far as like how we, how we come together, like on Thursdays and stuff like that, it's like a, a one group, like a community type of worship and stuff, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's really important. You know, and Ariana's hitting on something. It's like a lot of the time we think of worship, we think of it as like a really individual thing, like a me and God thing. Um, but God has designed us to worship in community and that's not saying we don't ever worship God by ourselves. We don't have times where it's just us and God. And we, and we spend time in, in, in praising Him and honoring Him and, you know, listening to His voice and and thanking Him for who He is. We do that. But, like, God has called us to do that in community as well. And I think there's something really powerful when we do that in community. Like, we can see that design all the way back in the Old Testament and the way that God taught us people To worship him from the beginning it was it was a community event it wasn't like a one-on-one event um and I think yeah you hit on something really important so something uh this week in the chapter by Richard Foster that he said that was like really powerful to me he said the real question in worship is not what will meet my need the real question is what kind of worship does God call for and it's clear that God calls for wholehearted worship and um I think that really stuck out to me because a lot of times um especially like as a worship leader and and having traveled doing worship at different events and stuff a lot of times we see that like I mean really any of us can slip into that place of being like I want to worship because I need to meet with God and I need to feel his presence and I need him to bless me you know and I need you know to be encouraged and worship kind of becomes about us getting with God so that he can do something for us, you know, and like that might be us connecting with God, but when we're going to God so he can do something for us, we've, we've maybe like missed the point. We've maybe not fully worshiped because when we come and we truly worship God, we should be honoring him for who he is and for what he's done. And so um, that takes like a wholehearted devotion. We're pointing out our heart to him and, and it's a little bit different than sometimes the way, the way that I see people like talk about worship or, or come at it. And so there's this uh, prime chapter in the New Testament in the Gospels that talks about worship. Does anybody know what it is? What is it, Matt?
1: We're going to John 4.
0: We're going to John 4, yeah. Yeah, John 4. And this is where Jesus um, meets with the woman at the well, I'm gonna read it because I'm gonna read, explain it, okay? So I'm gonna like read and explain as we go, and then we'll talk about it some more. Um, but in John 4:4 4, 4 is where we'll start, and then we'll read through verse 24. So get your Bible out or your Bible app if you packed up your Bible. That's cool. Um, but we're gonna look at this conversation Jesus has with this this woman at the well because I think it's really telling. I think the more we understand the story. the more we understand what it is to worship. Um, So it says, He had to go through Samaria on the way, and eventually He, which is Jesus, came to the Samaritan village of Sychar near the field of Jacob that He gave to His son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus was tired from a long walk, so He sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. You guys, it's like one of my favorite passages. And like, if I had more time, I'd talk about how he jumped across like culture and, and gender and racial barriers to speak to this woman. And it's really beautiful, but that's not the point of tonight. So we're just going to say he did that and we're going to move on. Um, in verse nine, it says, the woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritan's. And she said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. So she points it out. (laughs) She's like, we don't talk. Um, Why are you asking me for a drink? And Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God had for you and who you were speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. So he's he's like reeling her in and he's trying to get to the place where he's going to say something like meaningful. He's really trying to get her attention. She said, but sorry, you don't have a rope or a bucket. And the well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. And she said, please, sir, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Jesus told her, go and get your husband. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. And Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband, for you've had five husbands, and you're even married, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. So at this point, he's really reeling her in, and she's like, who on earth is this that's like talking to me? Um he's kind of like reading her mail at this point she's like "How's he know all my stuff right um so sir the woman said we're in verse 19 you must be a prophet so tell me why is it that you jews insist that jerusalem is only place for worship while we samaritans claim it is here on mount gerizim where our ancestors worshiped but jesus replied believe me dear woman the time is coming will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him in that way. And so we see this whole conversation. And at the beginning of the conversation, it doesn't look like a conversation about worship, does it? It looks like a conversation where like she's asking for water, or he's asking for water, and then she's asking for water, and um and, and it starts just just as this really basic conversation, but he reels her in, and then um, as he starts to get close and he starts to get at the issues of her heart, which when we talked about worship is a, a heart issue, we're supposed to be wholehearted, she brings up this question, right? And, and so in uh, verse 20, here's the question. It was a really a popular question about worship in her time. And she says, so tell me, why is it that you Jews insist Jerusalem is the only place to worship while we Samaritans claim it's here at Mount Gerizim? And, and so she's saying like, you know, the Jews say we're supposed to worship here, but we say we're supposed to worship here. And which is it? And, and so she kind of pushes back and she's like, let's not talk about my heart Let's talk about the controversial worship issues of our day. And I think what's really interesting is as we read this passage now, I don't know. I'm not really like often caught up debating with people. Should we worship in the synagogue or on the mountain? But man, I've been in many conversations that are like hymns or worship songs, you know, and Bethel or passion in like, should we stick to the chord chart, or should we be free in the spirit? Y'all, and we have like all of these like kind of superficial arguments about worship and like the form of how we're gonna worship. But I think um this passage like it kind of shows us that it's like when we do that thing, we're kind of ignoring the the broader picture of like why are we worshiping all together and who are we worshiping all together? And, um, and I think that's like re- what he really hits on there. And so Jesus says, um, a time is coming, right? And it's here now when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And then it says that God is looking for people that are going to worship him in that way. Um, so when it says worship in spirit and in truth, what do you guys, what do you guys think that means, in spirit and in truth?
1: I guess the only thing I can comment on is the part where you said like in the like in the spirit part, you know how you talked about earlier about being um having stuff come like wholeheartedly and stuff i think like think of it like that in a sense that it has to come from within like within your you know I don't know how to explain it
0: <laughs> yeah, no i I mean, so i think I think that's part of it, right and and we know that like it says God is spirit. Right, so, so in this context, was Jesus in the Jewish synagogue, or was he on the mountain and not at the other place? It was like because God is spirit, He's everywhere, right? And and so it's like worshiping in the spirit. We know that like we can worship God anywhere through the Holy Spirit. We can interact with God anywhere through through the Holy Spirit, and we can worship God like everywhere at every time. Um, and so it's not where we worship, but how we worship. And, and I think it has to do with that, like, is it genuine and is it, is it true, right? And, and so when we talk about genuine and true, part of that is it being wholehearted, right? Um, but then part of it is um, worshiping God for who he truly is, Right. Worshipping God for who he truly is. So somebody raise your hand if you're going to do it. Somebody read us Matthew
1: 4.10. Matthew 4.10. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve.
0: Yeah, yeah. So this is when Jesus is in the wilderness. He's being tempted by Satan. And he's he needs, so he's speaking this to the devil, to combat the devil. He said, It's written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And so there's a lot of other things we can worship besides the Lord, right? Like anything that we give honor and worth to in our lives, we can worship um, besides, besides the Lord. But this is saying we need to worship God and then we need to worship God for who he truly is. So Real quick, what are some other things that we tend to worship?
1: Like I would say oh I'm sorry, go ahead, Gian. Go
2: ahead.
0: <laughs> um, social media, maybe like like yeah, things we give too much time to. I feel like that's a form of worship. Yeah, yeah, things that we give our time and attention to, like social media, it's a good one.
1: I would say probably like people who have status, I guess you could say. So like some people worship celebrities,
0: yeah, yeah, so uh all the a lot of times people are like talking about people of of power and influence will worship those people, um sometimes we'll, we'll pursue pleasure, right, um like some people worship, worship pleasure, worship. Worship sex, worship like drinking or things that make them feel good, right? Like those can be things that we worship. Um, And then even sometimes there's like, there's things that could be a good thing, but we just give it too much priority, right? Like if I'm like, oh, Matt, 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 Matt. That Matt's so cute, you know, and then I go to hang out with Dion and she's telling me about her problems and I'm like... (gasps) oh, that problem, do you know what that makes me think of? That makes me think of Matt. He had a problem, and he was so cute when he had his problem, right? And it's like sometimes, sometimes we worship things that, like, they're not even necessarily evil, but our heart is giving them too much attention. And, and so, like, part of the spirit and truth is that wholehearted, you know, like, I'm truly worshiping God first, right? Like, I'm truly putting him first in my life, and I'm, and I'm not letting other things cloud him out and be, be before him. And another part of it is um, A.W. Tozer, he explains it this way, so we'll, so we'll talk about it. He says, the essence of idolatry is the entertainment of thoughts about God that are unworthy to him. So to kind of unpack that and explain it, have you ever met somebody and you're talking to them about the Lord— and they're like, well, when I think of God, I think he's just like, and then what comes out of their mouth is not, is not the God of the Bible is not the Jesus, you know, it's kind of like what they think Jesus is or, or what they hope that Jesus is, but maybe there's no like truth from this book, the Bible, right in it. Um, and like, that can also be an idol that can also be an idol for us when we're looking like, and we're worshiping God, but it's not, it's not truly who God is. Right. Because we'll think like, Oh, well, I like to think that the Lord, have you guys ever heard anybody say that? I've heard a lot of people say that They're like, well, I would like to think that God and I'm like, you know, that sounds like a great thought, but if it's not written down in the Bible, it's not truth. And, and so sometimes when we talk about worshiping in spirit and truth, we have, to, we have to stop and think, like, is this thing I'm saying about God, like, is it true? Does it line up with, with scripture? And it, is it actually a reality? Um, and so what do you guys think about that? Have you experienced that before? So I think it's like one of those things I don't know that I thought much about it until I really like started like digging into like what, what worship is and, and what it means. Um, But then like realizing, you know, like even, even for me sometimes I'll like, I'll sing a worship song and then I'm like, I don't know what that means. I don't like, and and it's like a beautiful song, but it's like, I truly don't know what this means. I don't know what it has to do with the Bible. (laughs) Um, And then I'm like, maybe this, Maybe this isn't the most, like, the most true thing that I can honor God with. Um, and that's not saying that, like, you know, we can't ever, like, listen to those songs or they're, like, bad or sinful, but but really, like, we worship God in truth. We want to be, like, actually worshiping things that are they're that true about God, not just, like, making up stuff that we, we would like to be true or, or hope is true about God. Um, so we need to worship God for who He truly is, and also we worship God for what he's done for us. So anybody, God, done anything good for you? I think so, because we started this meeting with tell me something good, right? And just about all of us had something good that God had done in our lives, even this week. And so like God has done so many good things for us. And even on our worst day, like we still woke up, we still have breath in our lungs. We still have Jesus as our savior, Who loved us enough to give his life on the cross and die in our place like even on the worst days we still have things that Jesus has done for us that we can be thankful for um and so you know when we think about our God we need to think about him as a God who acts he's not a God that just sits there and watches us and twiddles his thumbs he's a God who is like involved in our lives Right. On a daily basis and on a weekly basis, we even said that we affirmed that when we started about like what's something good God has done this week. And and like I think we've all had things that God has done this week. Um, so when we talk about like like worshiping God and, and spirit and truth, we want to we want to keep in mind that we're worshiping him for who he really is. Right. And then for what he's done for us. Um, and so. You know when we think about worship, um we we need it to be a priority in our lives and and so we need to worship God as first in our lives, and it's kind of like where we get the the individual like personal worship right is like determining each day like God I'm going to give you first priority in my life, and I'm going to give you first place and i'm gonna I'm gonna live to honor you um a, and there's a scripture that talks about that in Mark twelve thirty. Somebody want to read that? Okay, Mark 12, uh, 30. Yep. And you must love the
2: Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength.
0: Yeah, so we, we need to love God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, all our strength. Right? Is that some of our minds little bit of our heart, most our soul. Is it, you know, kind of some of our strength? No, no, it's like with all, it's it's calling for all that we don't hold anything back from Him. And if we think about it, like on an individual level, if we determine that worship's going to be a priority in our life, worship of the Lord. God of the Bible is going to be a priority in our lives. And we love him with all, right? All our heart, all our soul, all our mind, all our strength. Then we do that as an individual and we come together. Then when we get to meet together as Caiapha or get to meet together as our church, and it's like, if we all were to come with that, that heart in, in that, intention that we're like all going to love God with all of ourselves. And we like bring that together as a worshiping community. That'd be powerful. I think that would be really powerful. I think that's what God desires is that we would be like each of us worshiping God on our own. And then we would be like coming together to worship God corporately and, and it would like encourage it and it would grow. And each of us would grow in it even more. Um, but he like intends for us to like individually determine that, and then like come together into the body of Christ and worship them together. And I think like when we do that, that's really, really, really powerful. Um, so a question: This is this is a personal question, right? So you you all are persons, so you got answers. Um, how do you prepare to worship? How do you get ready to worship God? well me personally i like during personal time
1: and stuff like that um i tend to turn off things because i know i get distracted by like my phone and stuff and so like i turn off stuff that i know that would distract me and stuff
0: yeah yeah no that's good so you put away distractions Mm -hmm. to get ready to worship god all right somebody else how do you prepare to worship god
1: but, uh, yeah, this, I do the same. I have to turn off the phone, like put it aside, and I have to pray and literally ask God to block out all the distractions because I want to be really focused on Him and not let anything else take place or, you know, just have that one text message that just disrupts everything. So, you yeah, know, just have to really pray and just ask God to just block out all the distractions. I don't need anything to interrupt this time because just really want to hone in on what, you know, what the Lord's been doing in my life. And yeah. Just...
2: I'll pray that God will keep my heart open to what he wants during worship sometimes and that when, when worship He will often speak to me. So try to have an open mind in my kind of work. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So pray pray for an open heart and a heart that's like listening to God. I think that's, that's really important. So, um, like in the chapter, this is kind of in the context of like a church worship service, but I think we can learn a lot from it. Um, he talks about like what if we came into a corporate worship setting and we prepared our hearts to worship God, because we planned that as we worship God as a community, as Caiapha, as a church, we're going to meet with God. Like we're going to get ready to meet with God. Same as we get ready for a meeting, same as we get ready for a date, we're getting ready to meet, for, meet with God. And um, so he, he described it like this, like, what if we were to arrive early, right? Prepare our heart. And so like the picture is like, you're already um, there, like waiting for other people to arrive at Kyle Fair or whatever. And, and just like praying as you see people start to walk in, like praying, and being like, oh, there's Natalie and Derek, and they're walking in with Jaden and Kendrick. God bless them. You know, working their lives, and, and, like, you're, like, starting to pray for the people around them. Um, and then if we were to still all the the activity around us, which a lot of you guys said that, like, putting aside distractions and, like, just letting ourselves get still before the the Lord. Um and and then from there, like move to a place of of praise and thanking God for who he is. And and like we can do that verbally, we can do that through singing and music. Like there's a lot of ways. But I think there's something to be said about like preparing our heart because like a lot of times, I don't know about you guys, but it's real easy to walk into worship and it's like the day and I'm tired and I'm ugh, and I'm like, I just need to get into worship, you know, and then we get in that mindset because like God's going to fill me up and he's going to refresh me, right? But it's like, man, everything changes if I show up 15 minutes early and I get before the Lord and I'm like, God, I've had a hard day and I need you to refresh me, but I want to put that all aside and just tell you that you're awesome and spend some time focused on you and how amazing you are. Like our whole perspective changes. And I think that's when we come to a place of like of like true worship and there's something really powerful when we do that as a community and we lift God up. And I think those are those times, like when um you hear about like lost people, they'll like walk into a worship setting and they're just like, who is this God? I want to know him. It's like when you have a, a group of people and they're just so focused on the Lord, that it's like the lost person can tangibly see that like there's something great that they have and I don't have it. And I want to know whatever that is because, you know, and it's like, um, I mean, it just becomes like tangibly apparent almost like how good God is because like his people are focused on him and him alone. Um, and kind of in that place where like as a body, we're looking away from ourselves and all together looking at God and how great he is. Um, and so I think that, that that's really important. Um, and then, you know, when we, we think about like ways to practice worship, right? Like that's when we get on a, on a personal level. It's like, we want to practice God's, God's presence daily. And I think it's important for us to have different experiences of worship. Like it's important for us to worship with Chi and then worship with church. And then maybe like hang out with a few friends and just like sing worship to the Lord with like two or three people. And and um, and like learn to worship God in different settings, um and then, like I think it's really important for us to find ways to prepare ourselves for worship. It probably might be different for each of us, but to really like set aside a few minutes and like get ready to worship God with that expectation that we're gonna meet with him um you know, and I think we need to uh learn to offer a sacrifice of praise, which like. Y'all ever heard those church words, sacrifice of praise? Anybody know what it means? There's a lot of no's, right? So it's it is it's kind of like one of those those like uh, Christian sayings that people are like, you know, Anna you've heard your granny or auntie be like, we're gonna offer a sacrifice of praise. And you're like, yeah, I don't know what that is. Um Right? And that's fine. That's fine. Because a lot of times we use those Christian phrases and we're like, I don't really know what that is, but I kind of get it. But have you ever have you ever walked into a worship setting and you've not, you didn't feel it, like you didn't feel like it today? You know? And so like when we talk about a sacrifice of praise, it's like trusting that like there are going to be times that like my heart doesn't feel it. My emotions don't feel it. You know, Today, today is hard and maybe I'm, You know, I'm up in myself and my own feelings, and I don't feel like worshiping right now, but I'm going to worship God anyways because he is still good and he's still worthy and he's still faithful and he's still sovereign. And, like, so in those moments where we, like, choose to praise anyways and choose to worship anyways, that's what the sacrifice of praise is. Um, But I think that that's really important for us sometimes, especially now in our culture, right, because so many times – Things get really based on what we feel like doing today, you know, and then we go into like online settings and it's like, we're really like just what we feel like doing in the moment, but, but intentionally taking time is like, man, even in the moments I don't feel like God's worthy. And so I'm going to, I'm going to do my best to enter into worship and to honor him. Um, so here's kind of like the last thought. So trying to worship God in spirit, and truth. How do we know if we did? Any ideas? How do we know if we really worshiped? Is it because you feel it? Because you feel it deep down in your soul? No, some people are shaking their head no. Sometimes you feel it, right? But like, do, you might not feel it. You might have still worshiped, right? Is it because you did like, the coolest, tippest worship set, and people jumped up and down. No, that doesn't even, that's not even how we know we worshiped, right? Um, But sometimes, y'all, like, for real, that's what we gauge it on. Um, But that's all, like, external form stuff, right? That's like, do we worship God in the synagogue or on the mountain? Um, You know, but how we truly know we worshiped is is this, and this is what... um, the chapter by Richard Foster ended with, it says, Just as worship begins in holy expectancy, which is like we're expecting to meet with God, it ends in holy obedience. If worship does not propel us into greater obedience, it has not been worship. To stand before the Holy One of eternity is to change. So if we really worship God, and we, like, spend time, because, like, to worship is spend time, like, right, thinking of, like, who God truly is and what he's done. And as we think of, like, who God is and what he's done, that always has, like, a kind of humbling effect on us and brings us to a place that, like, man, I want to honor you and I want to obey you, right? And and so, like, that's kind of, like, the heart response to true worship. And, and it's neat because, like, obedience keeps worship from being that opiate thing that we just come to and we're like, Oh, I just want to feel a touch from God. But then like we walk away and if it doesn't end in obedience, like, you know, we're missing, we're missing something. Worship should end in our heart wanting to obey God more. Um, So that was kind of like my thoughts on worship, but I just kind of wanted to open it up. If you have any more any like questions about worship or is this different from how you usually think about worship?
2: Yeah, I think that was really good. I think it changed my perspective as, um, as from thinking that worship is not something you, I mean, you get something, but you don't go with that mindset of you like, well, I'm going to get filled up today. Like, I mean, you can, you are, you can, but it's initially acknowledging God for um, giving him reverence for who he is first and then, secondly, for what he's done in your life.
1: With that last question, it really had me thinking because like, it's not the songs. It's, if it's not the songs, if it's not like, uh, it's not a feel good experience, then like, it really had me thinking because I never really asked myself that question before. Like, what, is, what do I hope to gain out of worship? Like, what is my expectancy? Like, that was a good question. I, that really had me think about it on a deeper level.
0: That's actually something just to like, like I'm done, but we'll we'll like have some prayer in a second, but just to like share like a, a super true Jackie story. It's like, so when we were in Knoxville, our worship bands, like we were like really uh, spending a lot of time, like seeking God and um, after every worship set, like sometime in the evening. So it's like Thursday night or like if we worshiped somewhere else on like a Saturday or whatever. Um, Like after that, at some point we would all text and be like, tonight, did you worship? Right. Because we became like really aware of the fact that like we could play a set. We could play a set. Well, right. We could sing with all our guts. We could jump up and down. Everybody in the room could be like into like into it physically Um, Cause like worship, I mean, it has like a physical manifestation, but then like at the end of the night, you could go home, lay your head on the pillow and realize like, I didn't change. I didn't even really focus on God when I did that, you know? And, and so it's kind of like one of those things that like the Lord has just like really challenged me over the years personally is like when I'm evaling, you know, like any worship, whether it be Kyle or like when we do like breakaway and things like that, um, just on a really personal level, I feel like the Holy Spirit is always like, did you worship me? Did you truly worship me? You know, and, and I feel like if the answer is ever no, then I need to go back and like spend time with the Lord and figure out what was going on in my heart, you know, because like, I still ever want to stand up there and it, and it not be really about him, you know? Because um, I think like, especially as a worship leader person, like Jesus, the leader of worship, right? It's about him. He, and he has authority in any, any worship setting to like change the direction of things. Um, but, but as a worship leader person in that, in that role, it's like, I realize people are going to look, look at me, or look at us as, as worship leaders and whatever they see in us, that's what they're going to emulate, you know? And so it's like, I don't ever want to be up there and not really be about bringing him glory the second i'm up there and it's not about bringing him glory i've like utterly failed and and started something that i don't i don't want other people to emulate and and so i think it was just like one of those really like the lord was was like working in in our group's heart and then the lord's continued to use that in my life like every every time i like lead worship or i'm in a setting where i'm like worshiping in front of others because man it's like harder there y'all right you give me the background and you just focus on Jesus for the second and you're like up you know one foot higher than everybody else and the lights are on <laughs> man you're like they're looking at me and I want to be cool and I don't want to hit that bad note you know and um man like sometimes the most perfectly like played and sung songs are like just empty you know and that song where like I was moved by the goodness of God and my voice cracked but like I was so focused on the fact that he's amazing, I didn't care. Like, you know, which one pleased him? Um, it's probably not not the musically perfect one, you know. And I, I think, you just have to like keep that perspective that like he wants the genuine, true, honest worship. Um, but it's like one of those things I think we'll always we'll always wrestle with till heaven.